0: Certainly thankful for what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Well, tonight we're going to just leave our series in the book of Matthew. We'll be coming right back to it next week. But I was reading through a psalm the other day, and I came across Psalm 117. And Psalm 117 is known as being the shortest psalm in all of the Psalms. It consists of just two verses. Uh, But within these two verses, I was taken back by the vast uh, amount of doctrine and also the vital importance of this particular psalm. Uh, The subject matter, of course, is fitting for uh, this time of year, it ought to be fitting for all times of year. But you'll notice there in Psalm 117 in these two verses. Notice the amount of times that the phrase of praise the Lord or praise Him is mentioned there in verse one of Psalm 117. It says, "O praise the Lord, all ye nations; praise Him, all ye people, for His merciful kindness is great toward us." And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. There is this exhortation that is clearly given to praise Jehovah God, to praise God for His mercy and His truth that has not only been extended to the Jew, uh, but has also been extended to the Gentiles. Uh, The Apostle Paul, as we'll learn in just a few moments, Uh, quoted this particular psalm when he was writing to the church at Rome. As a matter of fact, we will see he quotes the very first verse of it and he applies this psalm to the calling of the Gentiles to the knowledge of Christ. Uh, Paul takes the preaching of the gospel and he shows how the gospel was the very thing that called the Gentiles to come to the understanding of the knowledge of Christ. As a matter of fact, if you'll just turn over to Romans 15, verse 10, we'll be coming back to this in just a moment. But I really felt that this was, uh, this evening was very fitting uh, for uh, this, this psalm and how it attaches to uh, this praise that we ought to have for God. Uh, Romans 15, verse 10, it says, And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. It is remarkable that the Apostle Paul uses the Psalm 117 to remind the Gentiles that this knowledge of Christ and this calling unto Christ is was not just for the Jew, but was also for the Gentile. These mercies in which the Jew was invited to take part in, the Gentile was also invited to take part in these as well. The Gentile could receive Christ just as the Jew could receive Christ. It was the same gospel being preached to two different people, Israel and of course the Gentiles. And why did God uh, call these people unto himself? He called them unto himself for the exclusive purpose of his own glory. Uh, Both Jews and Gentiles alike have more than sufficient reason to praise the Lord for what he has done. That very first verse, praise the Lord all ye nations, praise him all ye people. But then notice verse two, it says, For his merciful kindness. Uh, that was the thought that was on my mind when I read this psalm. I immediately was drawn to that phrase his merciful kindness is great toward us. These very striking words of mercy and kindness. In God's kindness, he extended mercy. And this mercy is great toward us. Uh, These first words of this psalm are indeed an exhortation. They are an exhortation to uh, remember and to be reminded about what God has done. Uh, This psalm, of course, is looking down the corridors of time and seeing the day when the Messiah would actually come. And there is this mystery that is still out there when this psalmist wrote this and penned this. He didn't have a full understanding of what this Messiah would look like, what this Messiah would be. But there would be two different people. There would be Israel and then there would be the Gentiles. Of course, the psalmist had to have had in his mind uh, the the principle of the idea that there is uh, this this gospel, uh, this conversion, this time when Gentiles and Jews would be made one people. Uh, They would be together. They would be partakers of the same privileges, of the same blessings, and uh, they would receive the same doctrines. Uh, They, in fact, would come to the knowledge of Christ. Christ. Uh, They would submit to the same ordinances and they would be under the same law and Christ was to be their king. The psalmist, along along with the Apostle Paul and especially the Apostle Paul, was using this psalm to exhort the Gentiles to praise God because he had accomplished in them as he had done in the Jews uh, to the promise of life everlasting that would be found in Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a psalm of praise, no doubt. Uh, we see in these phrases, oh, praise the Lord. Uh, we, are there, we see there is this praise for Jehovah, uh, not just in his person, but in his perfections. Uh, God is certainly perfect, and God is certainly perfect in his doings with us. And it is Jehovah who is the subject of this song. Uh, it is Jehovah who is the subject of the praise Uh, This psalm is prophetic. It's a way of prophecy. Uh, It's talking about the day that would come after the Messiah comes, after the Messiah comes and not only appears, but after he atones, after he goes to the cross, after he, he dies, after he is risen from the grave. And it would be at that moment, we know this by our New Testament Scripture, we know that that moment that it was that wall of partition, that wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles, that that wall would come down uh, and that separation between the Jews and the Gentiles would no longer be in place. It would now be they would be one in Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus as our Emmanuel, Uh, He abolished in His death and abolished in His flesh. He abolished the the enemy. He destroyed Satan. He destroyed death. And He made Himself as the Savior of both of these parties, the Jew and the Gentile alike, this everlasting gospel that Paul preached is the everlasting gospel in which you and I today, we preach and we rejoice and we praise God for the gospel. We praise the Lord and you'll notice how the psalmist wrote about praise the Lord all ye nations. Why would the other nations have reason to praise Him? Because this prophetic statement of the Psalms is speaking of a day in which the Gentiles and people from all nations would be able to praise this same God because of what He had done for them. The Apostle Paul, when he writes, and we'll talk about this in just a few moments, uh, those that had been brought unto Christ, those Gentiles who had heard the joyful sound of the gospel and believed on Christ and their souls were saved, what a glorious truth. We think about what leaves us to praise God. Uh, We praise God because He has not only chosen us, uh, but He has redeemed us. And you realize that God himself has chosen persons from every tribe, from every people, from every tongue, from every nation. It's not just the Jews. It's not just the United States. It's from every tongue, from every tribe, from every nation. He has chosen and redeemed people unto himself. The gospel has gone out into all the nations and is continuing to go out into all the nations. And it is through Jesus Christ that that wall of partition that used to separate the Jews and the Gentiles has been brought down. Every person who's been called unto him has been converted by the Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit that converts the soul. This psalm reads as a psalm of excitement. It reads as a psalm that encourages and edifies and exhorts us to praise the Lord, praise Jehovah God, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit for their acts of divine grace that have been extended upon us. Think about the kindness that God has shown toward you. Consider uh, the kindness that he did not have to extend towards you, but yet in his mercy, he did that. Think about the kindness in choosing you, redeeming you and sanctifying you and giving you the favor of God. The psalmist has in his mind's eye, of course, not a complete understanding of what this Messiah would be or who he would be, but he certainly had in the future, certainly that all nations would one day Praise the Lord. All nations would one day praise the Lord, not just for temporal blessings, but for eternal blessings, eternal glory. We are certainly thankful for the things that we have temporally, but we ought to be most thankful and God is most praiseworthy because of our eternal blessings that we have been given. And those blessings have been given to us uh, not because we somehow earned them, uh, but all praise should be unto God. The praise alone, the psalmist writes, O praise the Lord, all ye people. There is no one who is his who should be left praiseless. Uh, We should not be able to uh, spend a single moment of our lives and not be able to have a praise of God on our lips and be able to praise God for what he has done towards us in this merciful kindness. What an amazing thought this is. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. Let Jew, let Gentile unite in praise to Jehovah, praising God for Christ and salvation that has been granted by him. You know, it is the gospel of salvation that brings the blessing of God. The gospel is a blessing. The gospel itself is thankworthy. Uh, The Christ who is the gospel is worthy of all of our praise and all of our thanksgiving. Praise him, all ye people. Those people that can praise him are the people that the gospel of salvation has been sent to. Uh, Those who know the gospel should praise him for the gospel. The same thing is repeated differently over and over again where he continues to say, "Oh, praise the Lord, praise Him for His merciful kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. It is repetitive here. It's repeated in different ways, in different phrases in order to confirm it to us in an even greater way. Not only praise the Lord, but praise Him. Praise ye the Lord. That remember that word praise is also can be translated hallelujah. That is one of those hallelujah psalms. And we see that the work of the gospel has in fact gone into all the world and it has gone into the Gentiles. The apostle Paul, when he wrote the letter to the church at Rome, he quoted this very psalm as a means of prophecy being fulfilled. You realize when the apostles took the gospel and when they were preaching the gospel, they were preaching Christ to Jerusalem. They were preaching Christ in all Judea. They were preaching in Samaria. But then they were also told to take the gospel into the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 makes mention of this. It's probably familiar to to you, but it reminds us of where this everlasting gospel was to go. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, of course, uh, the Lord Jesus himself is speaking here. He says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when they had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen Him go into heaven. That glorious promise of Christ's return, and we are still living in that day where we are waiting for Christ to come back for His people. We see that Jesus commanded that the Holy Ghost would be sent down from heaven, and the Holy Spirit is what accompanies the preaching of the Word, and the nations of the Gentiles were actually visited by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God went to those Gentiles. The Spirit of God visited you and I. The Spirit of God converted our soul. And we see that even in many of the New Testament epistles, those churches were composed of Jews and Gentiles both. There were the believing Jews. There were the believing Gentiles. Almost all the churches we read of in the New Testament had this picture of what the psalmist was writing about, that not only Israel should praise the Lord, but there is coming a day when all nations, including the Gentiles, beyond Israel... We'll be praising God for what he has done. Of course, when the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Rome, we see, if you turn back again to Romans 15, let's go back a couple of uh, verses there and look at the full context of what he was writing. Again, he's writing to a congregation of Jews and Gentiles. And remember, there was, a, there was a bit of an issue between the Jews and the Gentiles receiving one another because of one being Jews and the other because the Jews did want to receive the Gentiles. And notice what he says in verse 7 of Romans 15. He says, Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. "...to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name." And again, here's that verse we read, "...he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles. And laud him, all ye people." And again, Isaiah said, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We see how the Apostle Paul applied that great truth of the psalm that one day would come when the Jews and the Gentiles would compose the body of Christ, and that they would praise the Lord together. Together is a word that, sadly, we don't hear as common anymore. People seem to be divided, people seem to be intentionally dividing, yet in Christ there is this unity because of the gospel. That you and I tonight, no matter how many of us are here, no matter how many of us are meeting in other places, there is a unity in the everlasting gospel of Christ. That all who are in Christ can say in unity and in unison tonight that we praise the Lord for the everlasting gospel that has been extended and given to us. When the psalmist goes on in verse 2 and says, For his merciful kindness is great toward us. The truth of the Lord uh, makes mention of his faithfulness. But the merciful kindness is not a kindness and a mercy that is based upon conditions, but rather it is defined as a steadfast covenant loyalty and covenantal love. Christ does not just love us when it's convenient. He loves us as part of the covenant made with his own people the truth of the Lord is that he is faithful the truth of the Lord is that the gospel is an everlasting gospel if you'll turn over to psalm 100 we see this illustrated again the faithfulness of God and this everlasting gospel psalm 100 is a short psalm five verses and His truth endureth to all generations. This mercy is not just a mercy temporary. This is an everlasting mercy that will endure forever. And in response to that phrase, the psalmist says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord again, not only for His kindness toward us, but also praise the Lord for his faithfulness to us. Uh, There is none that has been as faithful to us as God has been. Uh, There is no human on this earth who's ever been as faithful to us. Again, the psalmist did not have in mind by saying all the nations praise. He did not just say all the nations of the Israelites, but not only just the Israelites, but the Gentiles also There would be no reason for the psalmist, if it was David in Psalm 117, to say, Praise the Lord, all ye nations, if they were not going to be aware of the goodness of God. There would be no reason to praise the Lord if there's no goodness. There'd be no reason to praise God if there was no mercy. There'd be no reason to praise God if there was no kindness. And notice, it was not just good toward us, but it was great toward us. His mercy is great toward us. That Jews and Gentiles alike would become one people. Partaking of the same grace, the same blessings, the same promises, the same privileges. And it's the grace and the mercy and the loving kindness of God has appeared to both. Great toward us is an interesting phrase. I began kind of doing some word studies on that phrase and another way to describe this great toward us is the word prevailed it prevailed toward us prevail it could be translated it prevailed over us it overcame us much likes described by the flood waters in genesis 7:18 about the waters prevailing over all the land it is, it, is the, it is the overwhelming abundance of God's grace that is abounding toward us. And we might even take it one step further and say His grace is super abounding towards us. It is prevailing over us. And this is not just enough. It's a superabundance of God's grace. This kindness and mercy of God was great towards His saints in the Old Testament, but it's also great towards us in the New Testament. This abundance gives us a little bit of a glimpse of the heart of God. It shows us His covenant. It shows us that His covenant is because of His Son. The Son is the covenant. The Son is the reason that this kindness is being extended to us. His Son displayed the covenant in His redemption, His forgiveness of our sin, the conversion of sinners, and the provision of an everlasting salvation. There has been a prevailing, overwhelming abundance that's been directed towards the Gentile world, which includes you and I. It's overflowing. Uh, the, 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 the blessings and the grace and his kindness is overflowing toward us. Where sin has abounded, Paul writes, Grace has much more abounded, and for that alone God is more than worthy of our praise. And we see that there are many reasons, but the kindness and mercy was not just great towards the Old Testament saint, but it was multiplied by the apostles. Remember, the apostles were Jews. The apostles were primarily Jews who took the honor upon them to preach the gospel. And some were sent directly to the Gentiles. They were were sent to carry it to Jerusalem. After the day of Pentecost, they were to take it into all the world. It was not just the gospel by the apostles that went to the Jews, but it was to go into all the world. Folks, you and I are the recipients of that gospel that went into all the world. You and I are the recipients of that gospel that we can now say, praise the Lord as one of those nations that the psalmist wrote about in Psalm 117. We praise the Lord because his gospel has gone into all the world. Romans ten eighteen, the apostle Paul writes, Their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world." The gospel is ringing out all over this planet. The gospel is being sent forth, and the power of the Holy Spirit, it is the the truth of the gospel in which the psalmist writes, this prevailing greatness of grace being demonstrated toward us and the truth of the Lord. What is the truth of the Lord? The truth of the Lord is the everlasting gospel. The truth of the Lord is based upon the faithfulness of God to his own promises. In order for God to remain faithful, he has to remain true to the promises that he's made. If he breaks a single promise, the truth is no longer in him. But not just the promises made to the Jewish fathers, not just the promises made to the Jewish patriarchs concerning the Messiah, but to the Gentiles. And that there would be this great blessing to all nations through the promised seed, the Messiah who would come. The faithfulness and the truth of God endureth forever. Folks, God's word and the truth of the gospel it will never fail. Now, there's a lot of things in our world, a lot of things around us that are failing, and they're failing quickly. There are the hopes and the pillars of which man has attempted to build his hope upon, and it's crumbling right underneath his feet. But the everlasting truth of the gospel based upon the faithfulness of God is certainly worthy of all of our praise because it is not crumbling. It is not failing. The promises of God with respect to all of his promises never fail. His word of truth will never fail. The gospel will never fail, nor will Christ ever fail who he declared himself. I am the truth. Not I am a one way of truth. I am the truth. It is in fact, Christ is the only way. As much as sinful man despises that statement, Christ is the only way. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the truth of all the types, all the promises, all the prophecies, all the pictures that the Old Testament saints were writing about and seeing Christ is the fulfillment of them all. And He is the reason We can be filled with praise. It is the gospel in which the whole Christ is revealed. If I want to know who Christ is, I want to know the whole of Christ's person and his offices. The gospel reveals who he is. And in Christ are those unsearchable riches in which the Apostle Paul wrote about. Those riches endure forever. The promises of God are as unchangeable as Christ Himself. The promises can't change, nor can Christ change. The same yesterday, today, and forever. It is for these things and these reasons that the psalmist writes those words the third time he says, Praise ye the Lord. The third time in two verses in this very short psalm, the Lord is praised. Well, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people. His mercy, His merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. This little psalm of two verses begins with hallelujah and it ends with hallelujah. Oftentimes, we are tempted to say something of such brevity, something of such a short length, uh, maybe doesn't contain as much truth. I was taken back by how much truth was in these two verses of this psalm. And that there are so much here, there is so much gospel in this psalm. It saddens me when people say the gospel is not in the Old Testament. The gospel is all over the Old Testament because Christ is all over the Old Testament. This psalmist has furnished us with this very picture that's the gospel, and Paul confirmed it by quoting it when he wrote to the church at Rome. He confirmed this was the gospel that the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 117. He quotes it as a proof that the gospel... Remember, the big problem was the gospel, some of the Jews didn't want the gospel preached to the Gentiles. Paul uses this as a proof text to say, here's the proof that God wanted the gospel to go to the Gentiles so that all nations could praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord, Gentiles. Praise Him, all you people. Some, even some Jewish writers today will absolutely confess that this psalm refers to the kingdom of Messiah. But yet, some will still go as far to say that it was not supposed to be extended to the Gentiles. But yet, what power would this have if all ye nations was not included? The truth, the unsearchable riches of God's gospel of grace. Praise Him for this superabounding grace. Praise Him for this eternal truth. As the people of God, all nations, Jews and Gentiles alike, praise Him for His merciful kindness. These are the attributes, the characteristics of God. We celebrate His mercy and His truth. These shine together. These bring us comfort to know that His mercy is the very foundation of all of our hope. His mercy is the very strength of the comfort that we can find. His truth is where everything is founded upon. The reality that this psalm writer is talking about is that there is no way that a person who's truly been overcome by the grace of God can sit silent. It's impossible for someone who has tasted the grace of God and has tasted that the Lord is gracious for them to remain silent. I think the psalmist was not only proving a couple of different things, but I think the Apostle Paul was coming right through to remind them of that very same truth. Again, if you just trickle over into Psalm 118, we're not going to go very far, but look at the opening verses of Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Why is he good? Because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endures forever, not just for Israel but his mercy endures forever, even for the Gentile. His merciful kindness. May we have a sound of praise on our lips because we are recipients of this amazing grace. Recipients who not have just experienced it, but recipients who have a knowledge of who Christ is. And may we say with the psalmist and say with the Apostle Paul, praise ye the Lord for his merciful kindness is great toward us and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Let's conclude by singing the hymn on 392. 392 today thy mercy calls us. We'll sing this hymn together and then we'll pray and we will be on our way this evening. 392, today thy mercy calls us.